Hey everyone, welcome to Minimally Millennial. I'm Shelby. And I'm JP. This is a podcast for young millennials who are navigating their way through adulthood for the first time. If you're like us and have days where you ask yourself, how did I get here? And what am I supposed to do next? Then you're in the right place. So follow us along as we uncover the things they didn't teach us in school, including everything from how to write a check to how to be a boss babe. Together, we will unlock the secrets of adulting and try to answer the question, why did nobody tell me this shit? Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Minimally Millennial. Sadly, JP is out this week, but we do have a special guest, Bailey Caton, with us today. She is the social safari. If you haven't seen her on Instagram, you definitely should check her out. But today we're going to be talking about traveling and getting out of your comfort zone in different cultures. And Bailey, that's what you do, right, with social safari. Explain a little bit about, you know, who you are and what social safari is. It is, yeah. So like somebody said, my name is Bailey, and I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Um, But yeah, so I have what I call the social safari. And basically, it's just a platform for inspiring people to get out of their comfort zones and just experience new things, see the world, just kind of get out of your comfort zone and just take full advantage of everything that life has to offer because it's short and not every day is promised. So we just have to take advantage while we are here. And I, I know I listened a little bit on your blog video Yes, yeah, on Instagram of how the name Social Safari came about. Do you mind explaining that scenario with your friend in the biker bar for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. So um, my friend Joe and I were at a biker bar in Wahala, South Carolina, which is a very interesting place in general. <laughs> but we went there to see this musician perform that he had he'd seen before and really enjoyed. And it was called the Last Chance Saloon, I believe. And it was 100% people have been coming here for 20 years, at least the exact same crowd, they've known each other forever. And then we walk in and everyone looks at us like, who are these people? So we were sitting there and just having a drink getting all these weird looks. And it was just kind of an uncomfortable situation. But it was really cool at the same time. And my friend is just like, man, this is a social safari. I'm like, what in the heck is a social safari? He's like, oh, it's something my friends and I say whenever we're in just like a really interesting situation. And like, that is amazing. Like, I love that. And I just wasn't able to take it. So I just kind of took it and put my own spin on it. And just I made it my New Year's resolution to do one social safari every single month. Just kind of thought it'd be cool to document it and share it in hopes of other people wanting to do the same thing. And it just kind of started at a last chance saloon in good old Wahala, South Carolina, <laughs> and grown into this. So as all great ideas do. I really loved in your video, you had said something because at first, you know, looking through your page, I thought it was primarily just like an, a huge like travel, um, a travel page. But I really like that you mentioned social stories can be anything from, you know, traveling out of the country to doing something new in the town that you live in. Yeah. So what do you think was the purpose behind that of wanting to do more than just, you know, I know you've traveled abroad and talk about that on social safari, but um, having those little little cultural shifts as well, like your biker bar in South Carolina. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing about it is it's not just about traveling. It's about doing anything that could get you out of your comfort zone. So um, yeah, like I've traveled with it, but I've also have some plans this summer. I just got back from a trip. So obviously, you know, the full-time, the full-time job uh, world, I can't just be traveling all the time, unfortunately. So, but you can still do social safaris throughout the week. So if you want to take a cooking class at, you know, your local culinary school or take ballroom dancing lessons or join a book club with people that you've never known or 
go on like a bubble BFF date just to meet new people. Really anything that is kind of makes you a little uncomfortable, but it expands your worldview or gets you to meet new people or just challenges you in any way. That's a social safari. And that's the beauty of it is that what's a social safari for me may not be a social safari for somebody else. So honestly, those the opportunities are endless and you can make it anything that you want. So it's really cool, uh, the possibilities with it. I love that. And I know today we're going to focus primarily on traveling and what that looks like. But I wanted to bring you know to attention that you say that it's this whole range um, because I think it's really important. I think it's really easy, especially coming right out of like grad school. Uh, yeah, fun fact, Bailey and I half met in grad school. We talk about how JP and I met in grad school, but Bailey came in after me and we had the realization that I've never met her in person other than Zoom, but I feel like I've known her for like a year or two. But, you know, we get out of this. I feel like we get out of the cycle of grad school and school and we jump right into life. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm in a routine all the time. And it's yeah, like that's terrifying. actually what, what sparked my most recent trip. So um, my most recent trip was to Morocco and I had about five days in between when I finished at Clemson with my grad assistant position and when I had to move and start my full-time job. And I had a little bit of a midlife crisis, if you will. I'm like, holy cow, I'm going to be doing the nine to five grind for the unforeseeable future. If I want to take a vacation, I have to get it approved and use PTO. And it made me panic a little bit. Like, I need to take a trip. I need to just do this. I have five days. So I was able to squeeze in a trip to Morocco and it all worked out. But Yes, it's scary. It was definitely, it's still, I mean, I'm two weeks into my job and it's going well, but it's it's a big jump going from the part-time grad student life to the nine to five grind. Yeah. And I feel like it definitely sounds like you have that, that travel bug and correct me if I'm wrong, but Morocco was a solo trip, right? It was. Yeah. Mostly solo. So it was, I went with this company called G Adventures, which I could talk up and down about them. They're fantastic. I would recommend it to anybody and everybody especially if you're wanting to solo travel, it's a really good stepping stone. So I flew there knowing I was going to meet up with a group. I just didn't know who any of the people were. I knew it was going to be a group of 10 to 15 people. And it turned out to be an an incredible experience. Like I said, I would recommend it to anybody. So it was kind of the best of both worlds. I got to do my solo travel, but I also had, you know, a group of people there um, that I got to meet that I would have never, ever met before. There was people from, I think we had four people from Australia, four from the UK, uh, one from Ireland, four from the Netherlands, one from Canada, and then one other American with me. So just an awesome way to meet people from around the world that you would have never met before. It's awesome. And now that you've done that first solo trip, you know, would you recommend solo traveling to others? What would you recommend? You know, I know you said that's a stepping stone, but as you go on this, you know, social safari journey for someone else that may want to travel solo, like any tips, tricks, what you'd recommend? I think I might be a little biased, but I think solo travel is hands down the best thing that anybody can do. Not that, I mean, I love taking trips to my friends and family and not that I would rule that out, but such a cool way to get to know yourself better. I did just a little mini solo trip to Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I stayed in a hostel and I got to meet people that I never would have met if I was with friends and we were staying in an Airbnb. And it's just kind of fun to hang out with yourself for a little bit. Like I just walked around the city. I would go and get drinks by myself. I would it's kind of fun just to be on your own schedule. You don't have to worry about what other people want to do or making everybody else happy. You can just hang out with yourself, do whatever you want to do. And it's just, it's a really cool thing. And it just kind of helps with just independence and confidence and stuff like that. So doing like a little weekend trip like that really helps prepare me for Morocco. Because it's, I mean, it's always nerve wracking regardless. You don't know who you're meeting up with, if they're cool, if they're weird, whatever. But so yeah, for solo travel, I would say the biggest tip is to just to plan, but don't plan too much. Have a general idea of what you want to do, but don't 
have an itinerary and have it all laid out. The beauty of it is just kind of going with the flow, meeting people, not being scared to say yes to certain experiences and things that you might think that you might not like, but you do it and you find out that you do. Just not not thinking too much about it, just booking it, going for it and just kind of going with the flow. What would you say, you know, with with travel with travel in general and what you're doing, what would you say are the biggest things that you took away from, you know, international travel and local travel? Because I feel like at least in my own experience, I feel like you get two completely different experiences and gain different things from it. But for those that may be just coming out of college or starting their first job that are wanting to travel, like what would you say you gain from each of those? In general, for both of them, the biggest thing is that the world is not as scary of a place as people make it out to be. My dad, I told my dad I was going to stay in that hostel in Asheville, and he was so concerned. He thought for sure something terrible was going to happen. Told my mom that I was going to Morocco, same thing. She thought for sure, like, you think that part of the world, terrible things are going to happen. But they're the nicest people in the world. Like, there's, it's just, I think the biggest misconception is that solo travel is dangerous. I mean, obviously, there's dangers with anything. I could be walking down the street here in Greenville and something bad could happen. So, so just in general, the biggest thing is that the world is not as scary as places that make it out to be in solo travel is not as dangerous as one might think. I guess the differences for between the two, the international one um, was definitely more of a, a little bit more stressful of a trip and a little bit more nerve wracking, especially because it was my first international trip since COVID. Um, and I was really stressed about the COVID testing thing because Morocco required COVID tests within 48 hours to get in and then to get back to the U.S., you have to have one within 24 hours. And I was all panicked and freaked out. I almost honestly canceled my trip because I was so anxious about it, which is so bizarre to me. But I was like, how am I going to find a random COVID test in Morocco? I'm going to get stuck there. I don't know. I was freaking out. But well, like you were talking about, you know, that the word that it's not as everybody was thinking you're going to, you know, die going to like a hostel in mm-hmm. Asheville, North Carolina. I think it's so funny. My friend and I just took a trip to Scotland and like back through Scotland. Oh, and every- right. I saw that. That was so cool. Oh my God. It was incredible. It's funny. Scotland was never on my list of places to go. And now I was like, why was it? It's beautiful. I would recommend it to anyone. But the one thing we were always told, they were like, you know, something bad's going to happen to you, you know, this and that is dangerous country. I've never felt safer. And granted, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, so <laughs> it's not really a safe place to live either. But my whole family was par- like petrified. And I met some of the m- most wonderful people. And it was so nice. I felt so safe the whole time. Like you said, granted, you know, the world, you know, you got to be cautious wherever you go. But I think that's a huge misconception, especially I don't know if you found this with the international friends that you made. But for us, we found that their perception of the world is so much broader than ours. It is. Yeah. Because they especially... The people I met from Europe, the people from UK and um, Ireland and stuff like that, they they can just pop around the countries on the weekends if they want. So their idea of the world is a little bit different than ours, just like you were saying. But yeah, same thing when especially Morocco with it being Northern Africa, like more of like a Middle Eastern kind of country, it's such a negative thought with it. They are so happy just to have us there. I've had I was just walking around the streets and every single person they would Obviously, I look like a tourist. I'm taking pictures and I don't really blend in, but they would say, welcome to Marrakesh, like, welcome to Morocco. Like every, it doesn't matter if it was a merchant at a store, if it was just somebody walking down the street, everyone was so kind and welcoming because they, I've never met more prideful people when it comes to their culture. Moroccan people love Morocco. They love their country. They love their culture. And they are so excited that people want to come there and experience it and learn about it. 
And so that was uh, the biggest thing from Morocco is that you think about it. My, my grandma was all worried about me going there. My mom, everyone was so concerned, but it turned out to be, and there was never a single time where I felt unsafe at all. And I would walk around by myself um, if I wasn't with my group and it was perfectly fine. It was just, it's so sad that there's all this negative media in the world that makes you think that anytime you go to any kind of country that you're going to be, you know, attacked or whatever. Yeah. Um, when, in, when in general, it's just people love their countries and people love to share their cultures. I think it's so awesome too, because I feel like I was explaining someone to this before that, yeah, it's, I want to, you know, at least for me personally, I want to see place in the U.S. I want to, you know, experience different parts of our country because I do think there's a lot to offer, but I feel like there's nothing like seeing a huge cultural shift as you do when you go to a different country or going outside, like fully outside of your comfort zone into a different world. And I just feel like I've always come back feeling so rejuvenated and different. And I know one of your posts mentioned like the post travel blues. I was like, that is real shit right there because I get so depressed and I come back. It is. Yeah. I know it's always sounds so cliche when, you know, people, there's the jokes that go around like, Oh, the people that study abroad and they come back and they say, Oh, my life has changed. But it's so true because you realize how small you are in this world. When you stay in your little bubble, it's easy just to kind of forget that there's a whole world out there. And that people are dealing with things every single day and just going around and seeing how everybody else, what their bubbles look like. um, It just really makes you appreciate just differences in general. I just think it's so cool that we have the opportunity to go and see how other people get to live their daily lives. And yeah, the post-travel depression, it was honestly, I think the worst with this trip than any trip I've had before. I remember sitting in the last day in Morocco, going back to Marrakesh. I was like, I I don't want to leave. I have a connecting flight in Paris. Why don't I just stay? What if I just stay for a month and just do it? Because I don't want to go back and into the same routine that I've always, you know, wake up, go to work, hang out with friends, repeat every single week when there's still so much of this world to see and so many people that you could meet. And it's just a little disheartening having to go back to the same, the same place that you've been so much left to see. I completely agree. I feel like I was chatting with some other friends about this, how there's people who are definitely comfortable being in that routine in their comfort zone and whatnot. But when you meet other people that have that travel spirit, I don't know if, you know, in the hostels and everything I've ever stayed in, they, there's just like such a big community of people that have that same viewpoint. Whereas I feel like, especially being down South primarily, you know, that viewpoint isn't necessarily shared by everyone. You know, not everyone I meet is like, yeah, I want to go, you know, everywhere I can ever go in the world like I do. And it's always a, a reminder that, that I hate saying that wanderlust spirit because I feel like it sounds cheesy, but like it truly it is. And like many other people like that. I remember even in Scotland, when I met other people like that. I was like almost brought to tears. I was like, there's other people that feel that same way. Yeah. And that's, I actually had um, a girl, a follower reach out to me last week and she was asking me about the adventures, the company I use. She's like, I don't know. I've never solo traveled. I've always traveled with friends, but I think I kind of just want to do it. Absolutely. You should do it. And she's like, I don't know. What if, I'm really scared though. It was her biggest thing. She's like, I don't know what to expect. I'm like, you have to remember that the people who go on these trips are just like you. People who who have that kind of travel bug and want to meet new people and they don't know anybody either. So they're going to be wanting to make friends. And typically anybody who travels who does this kind of stuff are all so friendly and welcoming because that's just kind of the, you kind of have to be, if you're a traveler, you have an open mind and you appreciate new things and new people. So, I mean, I can't say it's always going to be like that. You could get somebody who's maybe not the friendliest, but for the most part, um, I did a similar thing when I went to Spain. I flew there knowing I was, knowing I was meet up 
meeting up with a group of people that I didn't know who they were, but same thing. They all turned out to be such amazing people because they all, they want what you want. They want to experience new cultures, see the world and meet new people. Um, and they're always so easy to get along with. So it's scary, 100% meeting up with people that you don't know, but you have to remember that they're all just like you. So. No, I love that. And I feel like, especially in the way that our culture is, you know, here in America, where we are that, you know, you go to college, you come out, you start your nine to five, you married, have babies and like live your life, you know, wherever you're living, like in one place for a long time. But I don't think it's ever, you know, maybe in college more so than other places taught how important it is to see other people's perspectives and views and to like experience the world in a different way than what you would probably see in your normal routine. Do you think you were always like had that travel bug in you or did you have, you know, one trip and it just changed it all? I think the one trip that changed it was when I went to Nicaragua my sophomore year, I believe, of undergrad. I went there on a medical trip and we went to the rural parts of the country, the real third world villages, people, we were providing medical care for them and they would walk eight hours to get there. And we'd ask them, when was the last time you had a meal? And they're like, oh, two days ago. And I think that was the most impactful. And I think that's what really started everything is it was such a culture shock seeing that because it was almost like I was in a movie. That's how they portray third world countries in movies with the tin roofs and the shacks that they're living in. And it was so surreal being there. Like, this is real. This is 100%. This is how people live. And I think that really just sparked wanting to see everything um, and meeting those people. Because these people, the little kids, they had, they had not, we'd give them bags of vitamins, like the gummies, and they would just eat them all at once because they were hungry and that they hadn't had a meal. But they were the happiest people I'd ever met. They would get a little rock and play soccer with it. And we're having an absolute blast. Like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen that, you know, America, we can be a little, a little selfish and a little materialistic. And it's just so refreshing to see that these people who have next to nothing, they don't care. They know how to experience and live life with what they have. And they don't, they don't think anything of it. It's just what they know. Um, so it's humbling and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing meeting all those people. So I think that was the trip that really started it for me. And it's just kind of grown since then. That's still, that trip will always hold a special place in my heart. All of my trips do, but that one is especially meaningful. You have a like favorite travel story you want to share, like the favorite place you've been or anything like that? I always hate this question because I can never pick. It was like, what's your favorite place? I'm like, oh, I went here and I really liked it. But then this place was really cool too. And then I just end up naming everywhere that I went. I mean, Nicaragua was special in its own its own way, but I think Morocco was. I don't know if it was because it was the first post kind of COVID trip or if it was just because it was such a different kind of culture. But I think, I think Morocco was my favorite because of how it, how much it differs from my perception of it. I was mm-hmm. a little nervous to go there. I didn't know what to expect, but as soon as I met those people and just saw how prideful they were of their country and their culture, their food, although I did get food poisoning there, which put a little bit no. of a... Yeah, it was, I mean, <laughs> I know. it was my first, I was up for like 36 hours straight and we went to this, the Medina, which is like their city center and that's where they had all their street food and everything. And I think I had some meat there that maybe wasn't the greatest and it put me into a spiral for a day or two, but it was, it was a great time. Um, <laughs> it's just like another part of the travel story that you can look back and laugh at it now, but 
I don't know, it was just such a special place and the people that I met, just beautiful, beautiful people. And, and I think it just kind of, like I said, my first international trip since COVID, it just kind of woke it up again. And now I'm already planning more trips and it was just a huge, like refreshing, rejuvenating thing. And I just kind of feel, I've had a very, uh, I suffered a loss back in January that really just put my whole world on hold. And I hadn't felt like myself at all since then. Um, that loss kind of took a piece of me and I didn't know who I was without it. So going on this trip was kind of the first time that I felt like me again. It was definitely very, very important and something I'll always appreciate. Even in combination with travel, I was just talking to another um, you know, family member about this recently that you take a loss, especially, and all of a sudden the amount of time you have on this world feels so finite. Like it doesn't feel like you have as much time as you think you're going to. And I feel like it really puts things in perspective because I mean, I share similar feelings to you is like, there's nowhere in this world that I don't want to see. Somebody's like, Hey, want to go? I'm like, yeah, sure. When do you want to go? <laughs> but I feel like it's so important. And you're talking about, you know, immersing yourself in the culture in Morocco. So how do you, you know, I know that with Sochefari, you know, part of your experience is to share it with others, but how do you stay present in the moment with everything around of social media and taking pictures? How do you really stay present and enjoy the trip for what it is? That is 100% the most difficult part about all of this, because I, when I'm there, I want to be there, but I know I have to, you know, get that footage and the photos and everything like that. So that's still something I am learning how to do. Honestly, my first few days in Morocco, I wasn't the greatest about taking videos and stuff like that, because especially I was with a new group of people and I don't want to be that girl that's always on her phone and everything like that. Yeah. Sorry, um, I got to get it for Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's a wholesome like, Instagram, I swear. Like, I'm not <laughs> into it. It's so crazy to me to be like, hey, can you uh, like film some content for me? Like, oh, that still just makes me cringe. <laughs> so yeah, oh, us too, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get it. It's still something that I'm learning to deal with. But my biggest thing is that I'll, I do it, I get it, I don't want to say I get it over with, but I just am very intentional about it. I'm not just constantly taking pictures, taking pictures. Like if I see something like this is important and I want to document this, but then I just put my phone down after that and just kind of get what I need to get and then just not focus on it um but it's also I've as I was throughout my trip in Morocco I kind of realized that it's not it's, that's not a bad thing to be taking videos because that's that's how you're going to remember everything and I still go back on my phone all the time and just look through the pictures go back and look at the pictures just to relive it and everything so I think it has a little bit of a negative connotation with it but in the end it's your memories it's how you're going to remember the trip. And then I just try to get people involved with it too. Like to have the people I was with in the videos and taking videos of them doing things too, because it kind of makes it, makes it a little bit more meaningful and they appreciate it too. So it's definitely difficult. Um, I'm very much a live in the moment kind of person. And that's been the biggest hurdle I've had to deal with is learning how to still be present, still experience this culture, not just constantly being on my phone, but also getting enough photos and videos and everything to be able to document. I'm going to say it's literally a catch 22 of, you know, you want to, you want to have social safari to get everyone out there and to, you know, share the experiences with it. But it's also like, oh, wait, I have to be the one to do all this, to share the experiences with other people. I'm like, I wish I could just have somebody like a third party person just kind of follow around, do all the work for me. So I can still be in the moment, but we can still get what we need to get. But unfortunately, I'm I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) It's the dream, the dream. (laughs) To have an intern, what a dream. Exactly. Five dollars a day and I'll buy your meal. <laughs> five dollars a day, you have to get here, do everything else, but for five <laughs> extra dollars a day. And free food, you can 
follow me around like a little puppy. It'll be good. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal. <laughs> I know. It's an offer you can't refuse, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I really, like I said, I, I know we've talked about it before, but I really loved, you know, your story and why you started Social Safari and what it means to you. So, you know, what would you want to say to someone that maybe doesn't have, you know, travel as something they are thinking about their fresh out of college, you know, they're, they didn't have that study abroad experience. They didn't have it. And they're not necessarily looking for that. What would you say is, you know, Hey, here's is what you can really benefit from travel. They're wanting to get into travel. Is that what you're asking? Or maybe they, there's something that's not really on their forefront for not somebody who has that kind of like travel bug that is more or less easily convinced, but maybe someone who's very like content in, you know, where they are, what, where they're doing, what would you say, you know, is, to get them out and tra- to travel, to get them having their social safaris. Maybe they're kind of stuck a little bit in their bubble. Um, I would probably suggest maybe just taking a local trip somewhere first. It doesn't have to be by themselves, but just going somewhere else that you've never been before and then trying your best to experience that culture. And then I think once you see how beautiful it is to experience new things like that, it'll kind of catch on. Um, and it's so it's like, it's okay that people, some people don't like to travel. My mom, I love her. She's my best friend. Love mm-hmm. that woman to death. But her idea of taking like a vacation is going to the upper peninsula of Michigan when she lives in the lower peninsula. Like she is very content in her in Michigan and that's a hundred that's fine. I some people aren't like that, but it's also just one of those things where she that's why she was so concerned about me going to Morocco because she doesn't know any different. So I think just starting with like baby steps, a local trip, and then maybe going somewhere international, like Bahamas or something that's still international, but not quite a huge, huge culture change. And just, just trying it. You just never know until you try. And if you go on a trip and you don't like it, then that's fine. No worries. But you can't knock it till you try it. And I think everybody would appreciate it once they do it. Um, So I guess my biggest piece of advice for them is just try it once, just give it a try and just make the most of it and fully experience it. And I like, you know, you keep bringing up the group that you traveled with. I feel like there's so many groups out there to get people's toes in the water per se. Like I know I reached out to you because now I'm going to Morocco next year through a different travel company called 30 under 30, who had had a ton of friends. Oh, recommend. No way. Yeah. I, I was looking into that one. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm, we'll have to hear how that goes. I'm very intrigued. No, we'll have to swap travel stories. My friend texted me and was like, you want to go on a trip in 2023? I'm like, yeah, sure. Where, where are we going? And she's like, there's a Morocco sale in three days and we should just do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's, I've heard of that one. There's one called Intraped too, that a few people on this tour had done. So yeah, there are so many different, there's another one actually, my friend sent me, his name's Nomadic Matt. And he kind of, <laughs> he's on Instagram and he's a huge travel guy, but he started his own tour as well. And the beauty of those, I'm not sure about the 30 under 30, but like with G Adventures and the Nomadic Matt one, their biggest thing is it's the local experience. So you don't stay mm-hmm. in like the Marriott hotels and everything. We only stay in locally owned hostels or hotels. Um, they take you to like the local markets. You do less touristy things um, because their biggest thing is they want to support that culture and support their, their community there. So that would be, that's something that I really appreciate too with those kind of companies that they're not there for the money. They're not trying to make a buck off of you. They really just want you to experience the the culture and they really appreciate that. So yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah, no, I'm super excited about it. <laughs> when it gets closer, you know, in like a year, I'll have to be like, hey, by the way, where should I go? <laughs> you said you're leaving in when? 2023? Literally like next May. Like it's actually like a full year, which I'm oh bummed about, but it was, it was good timing. So I was like, okay, I'm yeah, like already fair. anxious for it. And I've been back from UK for like three months. It's really funny though, because I had the same feeling you did when I left Scotland. I was like, should I just stay? 
question mark. I was like, do yeah, I have like, to go what, back? What's the worst thing that would happen if you just, because it's so frustrating because you're there. Like I'm right here. I'm yeah, I'm like, I'm here. I could just. Exactly. Like hop on a train and uh, it is. And like, if I want to go back now, I have to pay for another $600 flight ticket to go mm-hmm. back to where I literally just was. <laughs> like, ugh. So yeah, I think my cat just brought me back. That was pretty much it. I was like, I guess I oh, have to like, be a cat mom, whatever. <laughs> I was like, next time you're just coming, that's it. I have this big dream of him being like a travel adventure cat, like you see on the internet. And he just oh, is not, he God. like can't handle it because he is spoiled and he was a dumpster cat. So now he's just like spoiled and won't adventure <laughs> with me, but whatever. He forgot where he came from. He did. I was like, now you're like an actual house cat and he's lazy. But <laughs> so I know we only have a little bit of time left, but um, what would you say, you know, just off the cuff travel tips, like first time travel tips, recommendations. I know that some of the things when I was doing a little bit of research before we got on here were things, you know, casual things like trying to be flexible, like you were talking about, not fully making a structured out plan. Because if there's anything travel taught me, I said, your plans are probably going to go to shit. Yep. <laughs> like I said, I think ours went to shit in literally in the London airport an hour before our last flight was supposed to leave. We changed our whole trip. It's like, you wow. have to be flexible. Like biggest recommendation I feel like I found is like making a list of places to go before you get there. Like mm-hmm. it's just a, not to plan anything, just a, something to pick from. But so, you know, I know we've talked a lot about your experiences over, you know, this episode, but what kind of tips or tricks would you give to other people that maybe want to travel for the first time or continue traveling? What kind of tips and tricks would you give to them? Um, So the biggest thing is definitely going with the flow and not having too structured of a plan. Have an idea of what you want to do, get the important things like lodging or flights and stuff out of the way, but don't have a structured itinerary for your, for your trip. It's better just to kind of walk around and find things to do than have this one o'clock we're doing this, two o'clock we're doing this. It's just a better way to fully experience the culture in general. Another thing is making sure that you give yourself enough time. I've talked to so many people who feel when they come back from vacation that they're more exhausted than when they left because they try to pack so much into such a little time and half the time they don't even get to fully enjoy their time and their trips because they're always just thinking about where they're going next or what they got to do next. So but give yourself an extra day or two um, with no plans in, in the city or the country that you're in just to have a time to walk around and experience it more and not just constantly be on this go, go, go kind of mindset. Another thing I'd recommend is signing up for like a local tour. If you're not going with a company like G Adventures or um, one of those, then find a local guide who you can go for a food tour for the day and they take you around to different local restaurants and stuff. Because obviously it's a local, they know they know the good stuff and it's something that you may not do um, or even know about where to go if it weren't for them. And that way you can meet other people on the tour um, who are there visiting. You can talk to the guide who's a local um, and you just get to learn a lot about the culture by just talking. Brings me to my next biggest piece of advice is just have an open mind and just talk to people. I don't care like who it is, if it's somebody you're sitting next to at a bar, if it's somebody in your hostel, somebody you're sitting next to on the train, just have conversations with people. There's the power of conversation is incredible. You have no idea where it can lead. I've had friends who have traveled um, and they have made lifelong friends by running into somebody. They heard somebody else speaking English in a country that nobody spoke English in. And they're like, oh my gosh, let's go talk to this person. And they've been friends ever since. And they travel constantly together. So it's just incredible, just the power of conversation and talking and just getting to know people while you're somewhere new. Another thing would be educating yourself on the culture a little bit before you go. Obviously, they're not expecting you to be a pro at everything, but at least just having the basics down as 
in, in regards to how they dress, um, their social cultural norms. For example, in Morocco, tipping is very, very important. You tip any and all service members, so hotel workers, the maids, um, taxi drivers, waiters, waitresses, all that. You Tipping is a huge sign of respect and just very important in that culture. So if you didn't know that beforehand and you didn't tip somebody, that just comes off really disrespectful. Um, and you're going to their culture, obviously. You don't want to rub them the wrong way. You want to be very respectful. And so just getting the little general idea of what to expect. And then just the biggest thing is learning, trying to learn the language if you are in a place that doesn't speak English, because half the time they don't expect you to be fluent at all, but they really appreciate when you try. I don't know Arabic at all. It was terrible, but I would try and learn like just the basic words just because they appreciate you at least giving it a try um, and not just ex walking into their country, expecting them to speak your language. So yeah, just the power of conversation, smiling, respect, just the little things like that go such a long way. And most of all, just, just book the trip. That's my biggest, <laughs> I will end on that. Life is too short. It is not promised. We don't have time to wait till we retire. Some people, you know, never get that opportunity. So just book the trip. The money will come back. The time won't. Just go for it and figure it out later. Mic drop. That's Mic drop. That was so good. <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> no, I feel like that was like the perfect end to the episode. But can you share, you know, where people can follow you, follow along, you know, with your social safari and, um, you know, any way they can connect with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing or um, ask for travel advice? Yeah, for sure. So I am on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, Instagram is underscore the social safari. TikTok is just at the social safari. Um, follow us along there. I will be, I'm working on my Morocco videos now. And then I have switching it up from the travel scene a little bit this summer and going to incorporate some new stuff in there. So yeah, follow along and I'm excited. But thank you so much for being a guest on today. You know, I've enjoyed this and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon and hear more about all your other adventures. Thank you so much. Hey, M&Ms. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow or subscribe. If you are feeling super generous, you can even rate and leave a review. Remember, the more we hear from our listeners, the more we can customize our content to your liking. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so make sure to check us out. A new episode is released every Monday, so set those reminders and we'll see you next week.